ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! What are we doing, bro? And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to RV City. Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz. We already checked in with Stuart Weber. He is with the Action Sports Shacks team in London covering the Jacksonville Jaguars game against the Broncos. We are here at RV City on the back of the GMC Sierra. Friday's presented by Nimnick Buick GMC. Check them out at nimnickbuickgmc.com. Just talked to my buddy James Jones today. In fact, he was filling me in on some things and... Uh, he's over there at Nimnick Buick GMC. Went for an oil change last week, so it's good to see those folks over at Nimnick Buick GMC. And coming up, we'll talk a little high school football. It's a big night in the area. We got district championships. We had district championships one last night. We'll have a special countdown to kickoff inside the stadium for this Georgia-Florida battle tonight at 7 o'clock on CBS 47. We'll have a special Friday night blitz tonight at 11.15. Oh, by the way, if you want some other sports mixed in on the platforms of Action Sports Jacks, well, we do have game one of the World Series as well on Fox 30. Uh, pre-game coverage starts at 7. Busy day room. Yeah, don't watch that. Watch our special. Oh. You can watch CBS 47, and then you can watch the game at 8 o'clock if you want the World Series. Nice. I mean, if you watch CBS 47 or Fox 30, it's okay for us. But I'd rather you watch the special because... Our Watch the special. Is, yeah, we would put some work into this thing. We're you know? working here. All right. I'm uh, not, but. <laughs> speaking of putting some work in, he's done it before. For the Georgia Bulldogs, he's been here before. He's joined us before on ESPN 690. How about former Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray? He joins us right now on Britain Friends on ESPN 690. Aaron, it's good to catch up with you again, man, and uh, always good to catch up around this game. I'm sure it floods back all the memories. Yeah, a lot of great memories, a lot of excitement. Always loved that trip down to Jacksonville and uh, just the week of preparation, the pregame, the drive, obviously the, the action at the stadium. It's, uh, it's hard to beat. One of the best games out there. What are you up to these days, and uh, how much do you talk to your former you know, teammates just in general? But when you talk to your teammate, former teammates, does this game come up? Like, the, the Is this one of those things that you bring up now that you've been away from it for a while oh 100 percent. you bring this game up i mean this is this is some of the like i said some of the most fun you'll ever have as a as a collegiate athlete and you know one of the main selling points it's funny because you know kirby's brought it up uh about getting this game to you know gainesville and getting it to athens and home and home and you know how it helps with recruiting i honestly think for me because i was recruited by both florida and georgia uh, the, the, the thought of being able to play in a neutral site game, the thought of being able to play in this stadium, the 50-50 split, uh, was something that was really exciting for me as a high school kid to even think about and dream about. So I loved it. All my teammates loved it. Yeah, man, we still talk about that. And, and obviously, lucky for me and, and my teammates that I played with, uh, we were 3-1, and one, or at least I was 3-1 and one in the game. Uh, and also for my, my parents' sake, too, being a, a kid from Florida, a kid from Tampa, you know, they got to wear their red and black around the, the streets of South Tampa with pride and uh, didn't have to worry about getting bullied or anything like that. But it's, uh, it's definitely a talking point. 
Absolutely. Aaron Murray with his former Georgia quarterback, and 3-1 and one is significant. I just got done uh, hosting the uh, Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame luncheon, Aaron, and, you know, those things come up now. I mean, so, that, like, that comes up when you can get a winning record against the rival, and especially at times because this thing is so streaky. It's such a weird deal, and Georgia now has won four out of five, but you know the streaks. I mean, when Urban was at Florida and when, when Steve Spurrier was at Florida, it was a lot in a row uh, for the Florida Gators. So uh, that is a nice thing to have in the back pocket, man. Anytime you do an interview around this game or anytime you see a buddy or anytime you see a Gator, all you got to do is say three and one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime I'm usually eating a juice at a van or something like that or even around Georgia fans in the state of Georgia, you know, they always ask, what was your record for And the first thing they ask is, is Florida. It's like, what was your record for Florida? Three and one. What was your record for Auburn? And then Georgia Tech and Tennessee. And you, know, you kind of work your way down the line. But like I said, man, the first question is always, you know, first game, first the Gators. Um, and, and, look, there's some – you know, I had to kind of learn. I'm not from the state of Georgia. You know, I grew up. I I'll admit it. I, I had before. I grew up a Florida fan. I was another side. Of I grew up going to a lot of games there in Gainesville. I lived an hour and a half away, so I knew about the rivalry, and, and did know a lot about Georgia and their other rivalries. So, you know, being a part of games like the one that that we play against Auburn, the you know South South oldest old school rivalry. Uh, obviously, the game versus Tech at the end of the season. You know, those mean a lot. To the fan base at Georgia, uh, to the players and, and, and coach staff and all that, but there's just something different about this game in Jacksonville. Obviously, the you know, like I talked about earlier, and you guys talked about before, I'm sure plenty, is just the 50-50 split. Just how unique it is adds a little bit of juice to the rivalry. Do you think you got guys like you like the stories of the 50-50 split? The the you like coming here, you like coming over the bridge, you like the tradition of it. Uh, do you think that wins the day in keeping the game here? Or do you think at the end of the day, you know this, Aaron, college football coaches these days have a lot of power on campus. And Kirby Smart's coming off a national championship season. And if he yeah. does it again or wins more, he's just going to gain more power. And if he wants it a certain way, you do wonder, like, I really have my doubts whether this game will stay here. Not because the city doesn't want it. They'll do everything they can to keep it. They already have. But just because of the structure of college football, and I just wonder, something like we've always heard the St. Simons Island folks, right? They have a big say in it. They like the game here, the tradition, the decades of it. But I wonder if players like yourself that have meant a lot to the program and those stories get passed down. Uh, I've always thought this game was good for recruiting, but I wonder if you guys will have any influence uh, over whether this game stays here or not. No, it, I think it does. I think it is because there's only three games like it. I mean, Oklahoma, Texas, the Army Navy game at the end of the season. Like you are one of three games every single year that get to experience this type of environment. Uh, so it is special. It is something that is unique. But you know, Kirby just came up in that show, which if you allude to it, like he's he is a lot of pull in a lot of state right now, or stay in, in in when it comes to the future of the program, as he should. You know, he's he's a hell of a coach. He's one of the best coaches in America, and and obviously what he's doing. And his reasonings for, for wanting to move this game to a home at home, you know, they're legitimate. I, I, I can't argue with him with that. And, and, you know, too, he's even said in, you know, his press conferences this week that, listen, I've played in the game. I've been a part of it. I understand what it is as a player to, to, to go out there and, and have have that, that, that atmosphere, that excitement, and that type of game there in Jacksonville. But now as the head coach of Georgia, I also understand, you know, the, the, the benefits of getting – that, that extra weekend every other year 
to bring this game to Athens, get kids on campus, um, and all that. So, you know, flip a coin. Like I, I, well, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset. Like it wouldn't be like, man, I'm all ticked off and pissed off that the game is moved away from Jacksonville. Like I would be excited to go to a game, game, game in Gainesville. I'd be excited to see Florida in Athens. Like I think that'd be pretty cool too. And I don't think it would diminish the rivalry by any means. I just think that that what we have now it, it is special, it is unique, and um, it it would uh, it would it would I want to see, I'm, I'm kind of go back and forth. It, I don't think it would hurt the rivalry. It just it would it would be missed by a lot of people. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it would. We, we did a lot on that this week because, uh, again, things change in college football. The landscape is changing. You know that, uh, uh, and you're all around it still. Hey, let, let's really get to what do you think about this dog team? I mean, they're so good, man. They haven't lost a regular season game in over 700 days. Last time they lost was here to the Gators. Uh, that the one other losses in the SEC championship game against Alabama. I mean, they are on some kind of roll, and I'm not sure I expected them to be as good as they are after all they lost last year. But uh, you got to be pretty impressed with the way the dogs have played most of the season. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. You know, they they, they obviously came up for a hot start to start the season. The wins versus Oregon and how dominant they were there. Mercedes Benz to you know, going on the road to South Carolina and dominating that team, and you know, all of a sudden you look up and South Carolina is five and two, not a bad football team at all. So, you know, they had a little bit of dip versus, versus Missouri, and and you know, weren't their best. They also have not been healthy. So two of their best players on the football team have been banged up for the majority of the season. Jalen Carter at D-line, uh, I think, is, is a top two or three player in America. Uh, you, you've seen the kind of dip in production, only seven sacks this year for, that, for the defense, which is uh, not not going to cut it going forward. Hopefully they can get, you know, can get some more pressure up front. And then A.D. Mitchell on the offensive side at receiver. You know, I, I love their tight ends. I love Bowers and Washington. And, you know, it's good to see Gilbert get, get his first catch and touchdown. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, the big-time transfer from LSU. Uh, you know, Lad's kind of been up and down a little bit. Receivers had some mistakes. But, you know, I don't know if those guys are going to play tomorrow or not. I'm referring to A.D. and, and, and Jalen. But, you know, once you get those two guys plugged back into the offense and defense, I think you're going to be able to see a little bit more of what Georgia looked like at the beginning of the season in those, those games I alluded to versus Oregon and South Carolina. But, no, I, I'm not surprised. Going back to kind of your comments about are you surprised that, that Georgia's as good as they are this year? So Kirby's recruited, recruited at an extremely high level. You know, it's been a top four recruiting class for the past four or five years. Uh, a couple number ones and number twos. Like, they have stockpiled talent where – so they're in the mode right now. It's, it's not rebuild. It's just reload. And, you know, the offense has, has stepped up, and I think the offense has improved from where they were last year. I think they can continue to get even better. And I think the defense is only going to get better and better and better as they get healthier, as they continue to get these young guys more and more reps and, and build their confidence on that side. So it's a great team, well-deserving of the number one spot in the country. And, uh, you know, to me, the, the most shocking thing right now uh, as we get ready for tomorrow's matchup, is uh, a 22-point spread for Vegas right now. I'm like, yeah. man, I've, you know, we haven't seen we haven't seen that big of a spread in this game for a long, long time. So uh, we'll see because I do think Florida is good. They got talent, and uh, that's a lot of points in a rivalry game. Yeah, that certainly is. Aaron Murray with us, former Georgia quarterback. We'll keep you just for a couple more. Uh, you know what's interesting to me, Aaron? I don't, I've been here 15 years covering this game. I don't remember a time. Now, I might be wrong, but I don't remember a time where the dogs – had a huge game the following week, and they got Tennessee looming in Athens. 
And I don't know what that does to the dynamic of this game. If you're a Georgia fan, would you be at all concerned? You're a 22-point favorite against your rival, Florida, right? You can't overlook a rival, but on the horizon is a top-five undefeated team in Tennessee. And to be honest with you, that's going to be the game that's probably more problematic, at least on paper. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a game. I actually had an opportunity to cover Tennessee earlier this season, and, and they're a fun team to watch. I love their offense. I love what Heifel's building there. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be fireworks in Athens. And, you know, there's there's two sides. You know, one is the player side. You know, I, I think the players have, have, you know, had the opportunity to focus in these past two weeks, get ready for this game for Sporta. They're going to be dialed in. It's a rivalry game. Uh, it's an opportunity to get back out there on the playing field and essentially knock around someone else than just their team, which they've been doing for two weeks of practice. I think you'll see a, a very focused team. And then on the other side of it, you got the fans. And, and why I don't doubt the energy in the stadium is going to be absolutely electric tomorrow like it always is. The talk outside the stadium is going to be mostly about Tennessee. Uh, and, 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 and I completely understand because as a, as, as a former player and, a, and now a fan of Georgia, uh, I am more excited about that game next week. So I can't fault fans for being more excited about what's going to transpire next week in Athens. And, um, you know, obviously it, this game tomorrow would be a little bit more juicier and sexy if, if Florida was – playing at a higher clip they're just you know they're in somewhat of a rebuild right now new coaching staff we all know that um but going back to the original thought about the players like these players will be completely locked in ready to go they love this game they love the atmosphere you know you're, you're somewhat on the road obviously you're on the road here in jacksonville so you know, anytime you're on the road you always have to lock in a little bit more and focus a little bit more and uh and, and i don't doubt that kirby will have these guys right for the ball. aaron murray with us former georgia quarterback with us on Brett and Friends on ESPN 690. Hey, Aaron, the Stetson Bennett story should be made into a movie, right? I mean, where did this come from? It's unbelievable how well he's played. Now even kind of in the Heisman conversation from just up the road across the border in Georgia. Oh, it's been phenomenal to watch, hasn't it? Yeah, well, if they do a movie, I uh, I, I will gladly throw my name in the hat to play and portray Stetson. So I think <laughs> I can do a good job. Uh, just got to give me a, a curly-headed wig and wear They'll be fine. But, no, listen, he's, he's spectacular. I've known the kid for a long time, and, you know, he, he's, he's just a competitor. He's got a massive chip on his shoulder. Uh, shoot, I was playing golf with him this offseason, and even playing golf. He just he is, he is a uh, one speed. He wants to win. He wants to do whatever it takes to win. And an incredible story. And, and a lot of people, you know, they look at him and say, oh, he's a walk-on. He must not have what it takes to be a top-tier quarterback from the athletic side of things but man he's he's athletic we've all seen his ability to, to run to get to keep the pocket to extend plays i think he is well above average arm strength he can make every throw you want uh throws a beautiful deep ball uh the deep outs are tremendous uh he's he's, he's undersized I'll, I'll give you that like he's not a big kid but once again like he can do everything you want from a quarterback from the throws to the pocket movement to, to extending the play to getting first downs with his legs there's nothing that he can't do, and I think he's been showing Georgia fans that for the past, you know, year and a half, and uh, definitely throughout this year. You know, he, he did have some Heisman juice early on. I think that's kind of died down a little bit. Uh, yeah. Just has not had the touchdowns that he's needed to, to continue to stay in that race. I mean, you know, eight, eight, or, eight or so touchdowns, I believe, and there's these guys like C.J. Strother in the mid-20s, and yeah, that's just kind of hurt him. But, you know, if you win this game, 
if you have a great game next week for Tennessee and Hendon Hooker, who's right there in the Heisman conversation, you know, you, you play well to the championship game, maybe you'll sneak into the conversation late, but I just think he's so far behind. But at the end of the day, who cares? You know, if you go out there and win another national championship, I guarantee you he'd, he'd rather much have another natty than you would a Heisman. Yeah, and it might be better. You don't have to worry about the distractions of all that. I do want a quick follow-up on Carson Beck. He's been waiting his turn, man. I mean, how much do you – it's something to be said for that, right? I mean, he's a Jacksonville kid, and he's a highly recruited, highly touted guy. This day and age, you don't go play for the first couple of years. You're out, out the door. I mean, is he ever going to get his chance at Georgia? Is he going to be kind of like a Mac Jones at Alabama where he gets it late? Uh, sorry, and I, I lost you. Like we said, yeah, I believe you're talking about Carson Beck, correct? Yeah, Carson Beck. He's a Jacksonville yeah, yeah. guy, and in this day and oh, age, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, loyalty yeah, is not. I, I heard all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I love. I think Carson's the most talented quarterback on the roster. I've been, yeah, I've been kind of saying that for a few years now. I mean, he is, he is as, as talented as it comes. I think Georgia fans saw a little bit of that last year, and they they, they saw a whole heck of a lot of that. Um, the, the the last game in Athens. I mean, he was dicing up for spray balls. Uh, deep dagger out coming from the left, really showed off his arm strength. I, you know, talking with people inside the program and obviously watching him really closely these past couple of years, you know, I, I love his patience, and I think it's going to pay off. You know, he, he kind of sat back. He's continued to mature as a human being, as a young man, uh, continued to develop as a quarterback, and I think he's going to position himself right now. When you look at Georgia, they're, they're young on offense. You know, he could be the starting quarterback next year and get, you know, Bowers and, and – A.D. Mitchell and McConkie and all those guys hitting their absolute prime. So uh, I, I tip my hat to him. I think he's by far the front runner to be QB1 next year and, you know, have an opportunity to play, uh, you know, two, two years as a starting quarterback for Georgia. Yeah, we will definitely be excited to see Carson get in there just being in Jacksonville when he does get his chance. Aaron, this is Casey. Let me ask you one that has nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about the whole time, but I do wonder about this. As someone who is a football junkie, the XFL coming back. I know you were in the last installment of it, but is that something spring football from your eyes being played in it? Is that something that can work to a higher scale than just a season in your opinion? I do. And, and, and you know, shoot, when I was in the XFL, I thought the XFL was kicking butt. You know, I thought it was great. I thought the production was tremendous. I thought the, the quality, on, if you watch the TV side of it, was great. You know, from a, from a player's perspective, I thought, you know, they took care of us. Our, our facilities were, were, were top-notch. Obviously, that's the NFL caliber, but they were they were uh, extremely well-run uh, teams from the coaches to what they had in the facility. So, uh, a little bit sad, obviously. I mean, the reason why they this, the whole thing fell wasn't because of, you know, lack of, of attention on the on the league or anything like that. It was COVID, uh, which was unfortunate. So, no, I think that there is, um, and, and obviously with The Rock taking over right now, I think, you know, he can make what was, going to be a really really good season hopefully even better this spring aaron murray former georgia quarterback thanks for uh taking some time with us man always good to catch up with you get your thoughts on this georgia team the rivalry as well and uh we'll keep watching all your stuff uh on espn too thanks man appreciate y'all see you all right that's aaron murray former georgia quarterback here in britain friends on espn 690 you know what's weird for me is aaron murray still i think he's only like 31 years old yeah <laughs> I feel like he he left Georgia forever ago. I know, right? I, I actually feel that same way as well. But yeah, he, he's still a young guy, thirty-one. You're right on the money. Wow. There, right? I know yeah. you're not. I know you you always have to work with us young people, but uh, you know. Nah, yeah. I mean, I just think uh, he's been around. Like I feel like I've heard him and seen him more like post football recently than I than I remembered when he was playing so much. You know. Um, yeah. 
and and you get a lot of that. So uh, these guys are. Uh, these guys will remember it fondly here. If you're three and one in this rivalry, I like what he said, by the way, about Carson Beck. I mean, Carson might have the deck, the deck full, and stack next year cool. for his opportunity. And I mean, I think that's going to be the comp, right? It's a little bit of Mac Jones type of situation, maybe even a Joe Burrow kind of situation. And after we've seen that work with those two guys, could Carson Beck carve out a similar path? at a place like Georgia that could have a stacked offense with him leading the way. Now he's got to lead the way. He's got to be the guy. He's got to deliver. But you sure could see a trend where another one follows suit after some of those guys that have had success doing it as well. All right, let's take another break here in RV City on a Friday presented by Nimick Buick GMC. It is very comfortable. Dare I say I might throw a sweatshirt on. It's that comfortable out here at RV City. Uh, we're ahead of the Georgia-Florida game. We've got a big special tonight at 7 o'clock on CBS 47. Check it out. We've got the Friday Night Blitz at 11.15. We have the Blitz scoreboard show at 9 tonight on ESPN 690. We have overtime with Kurtz and Middleton at 6 o'clock right after this show. And we've got game one of the World Series between the Astros and the Phillies on Fox 30 at 8 o'clock. You think we're we got a lot going on? There's something to do tonight for everybody. Probably got a Halloween party around. Probably got a Georgia-Florida party around. I mean, there is a lot happening here in Jacksonville, and we're happy to be a small part of it here on ESPN 690. Brent and Friends rolls on right after this. Picks coming up next. The Raiders are hard to play against. Like, I know they've lost and given up leads at the end of games, but this team is the, the, the scheme and the system in which they play in is difficult. That's why they're always teetering around being in the playoffs every single year. Even last year, with the number of significant injuries that they had, they were still fighting in the AFC North to try to get a playoff bid. And this team is just, they're like, they're the 49ers of the AFC. And what I mean by that is, Early in the season, you see some discrepancies. We talk about what they don't do well, and then towards the end, we start to see the Ravens come on. I would be comfortable saying that they are the legit threat to the Chiefs and the Bills. We will see. That sounds like Marcus Spears to me. Brett Martin, Casey Kurtz, Brett and Friends on ESPN 690 here in the 4 o'clock hour. Good to have Aaron Murray on. Stuart Weber joined us from London. Kevin Sullivan's going to join us from somewhere. Talk a little high school football at 5. We also catch up with Champ Bailey, Trey Burton. Tyson Campbell. Andre Caldwell. What's that? Tyson Campbell as well. Tyson Campbell. I'm not sure you'll hear all those interviews, but I guess if we are going to play some of them, we better get to it soon. Well, guess what? We're <laughs> going to get them all in, okay? I gotta, we're going to get them in. All right, I like it. Well, you're the guy into, pushing the button, so if you say we're going to get them all in, then I trust you. We're going to get them in. It might bleed into overtime, but we're going to get them all in. <laughs> well, there you go. You got overtime too, so we can we can share it a little bit all the way through uh, seven o'clock, and then that leads. Um, what are we doing anyway with the World Series? Oh, it's a are great we question. Are we playing on ESPN six ninety? Are we we joining in progress after Blitz Scoreboard Show? Is that what we're doing? That is what we're doing. So the situation is this. If the Blitz Scoreboard Show will go on at 9, we'll go to about 10.30. At 10.30, though, uh, no matter if Brent's talking or not, Brent will have to stop talking because we will be taking the baseball game from 10.30 through the rest of the game. So uh, hopefully there's still uh, some good baseball to be had. Hopefully it's a, a late-ending game that uh, will swing the way the game goes, but you'll be able to hear it after 10.30 on ESPN 690 tonight. All right, good deal. All right, hey, let's do it. Cue the music, baby. Pitch time. <laughs> oh, Brent.
Brian. It's a beautiful stop for everybody right here at RV City. They're all turning their heads. They're like, whoa, is Vern coming out? Yeah. Well, here's the situation, Brett. Uh, Aaron Schachter not here today. Probably a good thing because he was one and five last week. Ooh. One and five. By the way, all of us had the same picks, me, you, and Mark Davoli. So we were all five and one. Really? Wow, we had, wow, we gained a lot on him. That was a lot of separation. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, good situation. So Aaron doesn't show up to make his picks. I do have them, and I will tell you they are borderline trash. But uh, <laughs> we we will start again? here with uh, <laughs> Notre Dame, who, against all odds, is not the favorite against Syracuse. Plus one and a half for Notre Dame. Obviously, Syracuse minus a point and a half. Aaron Schachter will take Notre Dame. I will take Syracuse. It's at Syracuse, which means I like Notre Dame. Notre Dame's been really hard to predict. Their offense is wacky. Freeman's not having the greatest of first years. I mean, I feel like they have two losses that they should not have. They should easily be 6-1. and one. And so I'm not going to trust them here. I'm going to go Syracuse as well, even though it is my father-in-law and mother-in-law's 50th anniversary today. So happy 50th wedding anniversary. And they're Notre Dame fans. Oh, I was wondering so I what they had to do with them anything. just for them. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it. I don't trust them. And quite frankly, I don't think Papa would trust them either. There he doesn't go. like them right now. There you go. So there is that. Uh, Mark Tavoli, by the way, has Syracuse minus one and a half. So game picker up or opportunity or a game loser opportunity. Well, <laughs> last week the game picker uppers didn't go well for Aaron Schachter. But uh, we move on to uh, a place that you are at least somewhat close to. That is TIA Bank Field, the Florida Gators. 22 and a half points, Bram Martineau. Aaron Schachter will take Georgia minus 22 and a half, and I hate to say it, but I'm doing the same. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, 22 and a half. Now, Mark Devoli says stake in Georgia as well. I'm not, and this isn't because you guys picked it that way. I am not doing that because I don't trust 22 and a half points at all. That's I, a lot I of think. Points. Now, listen. Usually you'd say, hey, it's a rivalry game. These things are close. Nah, not really. 19 points is the average margin of victory since 2014. Like, that is weird. These are, there's actually more blowouts, or at least close to blowouts, and there are tight games. But I've got to feel it in these games. The unexpected happens, and I'm not thinking that Florida's going to win, but I actually think if they keep it somewhat close and challenge, that that would be the unexpected in this football game. So I'm going game picker-upper. That's a long explanation, but I'm taking the Gators to cover the 22-and-a-half. Look at you, Brent. Look at you. Final college game of the week. We check in with two teams that are absolutely horrible, the Miami Hurricanes, <laughs> minus two-and-a-half. It's half. hard to pick two bad teams, right? You know, that's why we're bringing them in, and they are uh, traveling to Virginia. Virginia plus two-and-a-half, also a bad team. Um, you know, I was very conflicted with this. I will say uh, Aaron Schachter takes the Miami Hurricanes, and I'm not really sure why. I don't have a good reason for you, but I will take the Virginia, whoever they are. You know, I don't uh, – the Who's Cavaliers. But uh, oh. either one would work. I I don't understand what's going on in Miami. I don't either. Is Ball not good? Now, he did just land a big-time recruit. Got like yes. a, a fourth overall recruit, I yeah. think it was. But does it matter? I mean, like... He's not no, suiting up on Saturday, I'll tell you that. I thought they had some momentum somewhere along, like, even early in the year, right? For, do you believe that team was, like, top 15 in the country? I know. That's how wacky and wrong the polls were early on. Florida was number 12, I think, at one time. Mm-hmm. And Miami was, like, 14. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, yes. come on. We're just grasping at straws when that's the case. But, yeah, I don't like Miami now. But I wonder if they get a little boost even from this, like the good news of the recruiting. I mean, does that happen? I'm not even sure if that happens. So anybody got a trend on that? But they finally got a little bit of good news. But it's a mess in Miami right now. It doesn't matter what quarterback they play. It's gross. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll take Virginia, and I have no idea why. I don't even know anything about Virginia. Same here. I know they're, they're good at basketball. They're getting a couple of points, which which I know they're good at baseball. Me. And I usually good at football. They are not. That's a true story. Mark Devoli has a pick or what? Oh, sorry. Uh, Miami minus two and a half. You think the Canes? Oh, okay. So uh, I'm yeah. with it. I'm with it. Uh, Let's anyway. switch the music. I'm working on it. One man show. Oh, it wasn't loud to start. What a disaster. What a disaster of a producer I am. Anyway, uh, yeah, we go to the NFL. Uh, obviously, we will get to the Jags, although that's the first game on the calendar. We will do that last, as we always do. Uh, how about this one? The Cardinals plus three and a half at the Minnesota Vikings. I shouldn't have to tell you this one, Brent, but Aaron Schachter, for nothing else other than pride and trying not to be wrong, has picked the Cardinals because he's been on the Cardinals all year, who are not a good team. And I will take the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I just don't trust the Vikings. But to be honest with you, I don't trust the Cardinals either. There's some weird metrics going on. Remember Ducky Betts came on yesterday and said, I think, like, mm-hmm. Minnesota's 32nd in the league in red zone defense. Well, Arizona doesn't play defense. Like, they've been terrible on defense. But I want, sometimes what happens in the NFL, you fast forward a little bit, you see storylines. Like, since DeAndre Hopkins came back, Arizona has won four out of five. You know? Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's going to happen a little bit. I'm going to take the three and a half. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I'm going to take the three and a half. I think it's going to be kind of a wild game and a weird game and just do kind of weird Minnesota Vikings things. Meanwhile, Mark Tavoli will take the Vikings minus three and a half. There we go. Now we're talking. Uh, You heard it in the very beginning of the soundbite, sort of. Marcus Spears compared the Ravens to the 49ers, who will go to the Rams and be the favorite by a point and a half. Uh, Let me see. Aaron Schachter will take the 49ers. And, Brent, I will do the same. Give me the 49ers minus one and a half. Okay, so this is the smart play. This is the one. Right, that's the smart play. 49ers, one and a half. Tavoli says it, too. I'm thinking the trend ends here. I think the Rams are a little bit more, well, they're both probably desperate teams, but I think they're desperate. And this is with a weird game, right? We go back to Indianapolis can't win in Jacksonville. Well, that trend stayed. The Jags can't beat Houston. That trend stayed. Earlier this year, the Rams can't beat the Niners. That trend stayed. I think the Rams are going to win this game and break the trend. I'm taking the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I can't do it. Just can't co-sign that one. Uh, we we finally make our way back around to London, England. We're not picking Fulham Everton, although Everton is trash. Brent, I'll answer your, or your earlier question, Stuart Weber. He's just nicer than I am. Everton, not a good team. I would bet on Fulham if you have the opportunity. But uh, not important. The Jacksonville Jaguars are also in London, and they are two-and-a-half-point favorites to the Broncos. Aaron Schachter will take the Broncos. Brent, I got to do the same. Give me the Broncos. Oh, that's interesting. You guys are both taking the Broncos. I'm not picking them until they prove it. Yeah, I've been here many a times. No, I've picked I the Jags, I think, every week so far. Maybe you not have. with all the spreads. but No, you have. You've picked them every time. And I should have a better record because of it. Like, the Jags should have two more wins. And you're down so a house right now. I mean, yeah. after last week. I'm kind of with you guys. I don't. There's something weird about this game for me with the Broncos. I think they're way better than they've played, and that just usually gets exposed against the Jags, and I hate thinking the way everybody else thinks on that sometimes. But I, I, 
I don't know, man. I don't like it. I just got a bad feeling about this game. That's weird for me. But uh, I'm going to take the Broncos. Brent Martineau, a non-believer. Yeah, right. Not really. I haven't reached non-believer status because you do get there where I'm like, that's where you are. You're like, okay, show me, prove me, right? Prove mm-hmm. it to me. I'm done picking you. You've got to win a game. That's yes. not really what I'm saying here. I don't trust this. I just feel like I almost wish the Broncos had played a little better coming into this game. Like, they, there's got to be urgency with the Broncos. Like, even more than the Jags, where the Jags kind of, I don't know if the Jags have, like, the urgency, like, oh, my gosh, somebody's job's on the line, or, oh, my gosh, they're getting just hammered left and right in the national media. Like, there's not that kind of urgency. There is that with the Broncos, and it scares me a little bit. Uh, Mark Tavoli, by the way, game picker upper here with the Jags, and I hope he wins. Uh, I hope he beats us all, but he'll take the Jags. And I should sure the Jags could win this game. And, by the way, two and a half is better than four. And I'm not sure it's an upgrade going back to Russell Wilson. So, those are the picks. Can't do it. We had a lot of game picker upper opportunities there. We did. We've gone different this week. You didn't follow suit last week, and we went five and one together. Now you're going to have to go one and five on your own, Brian. I don't know what to tell you. Were we a lot different? Like, you, uh, you got Florida, you got Arizona, and you got the Rams. I have none of those right. teams. All right. I just got to win two out of those three. That'll hey, be good. Hey, by the way, did you uh, pick up your cards from when you were down there, the two weeks you lost? No, I didn't pick uh, up anybody's because Mark wasn't there. Uh, he, like he's, I think he, he's dodging me on Tuesdays. Well, now it feels like the only person that's bought cards is me, even though I never actually paid. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. I, by the way, I did buy earlier... And then Mark already has paid or bought once, if not twice. We'll catch up on it, though. We, uh, we've got, like, five of them that we have to get, yes. five packs. And we haven't lost count. Good. So we will. Uh, we just have, we'll have a lot to open. We will. And that's and the other thing. excited the about it. There hasn't been a chance to open them. We've been all over the place. Yeah. So uh, we'll Things get the cards going. In this city. And by the way, if you just tuned in, our pick segment brought to you by Devoli's House of Cards, where we go every Tuesday from 3 to 6 down St. John's County. And what we're doing is we're playing against Mark Devoli and, obviously, us. And uh, the loser of the week has to buy a pack of cards. And any good cards that you get that might be worth something, that have some value, we put in the, the bucket. And at the end of the year, you get a chance. The winner will get a chance to either keep the bucket mm-hmm. or sell some of the bucket there or sell go. all the bucket. And uh, We already have multiple Trevor Lawrences. We do. We've had some decent pulls. Do we, do we have a pretty good Jamar Chase? No, no, we didn't have Chase. Yeah, I think we did have a good Jamar Chase. I'll check the bucket when we are yeah, in commercial. It's been weeks. It's, it's, it feels like about a month, actually, or more. <laughs> no, it's actually probably more. It's about five weeks. Yikes. <laughs> so uh, we'll get on to that. But we're paying this bet off. That's what I'm saying. Good. This one is not going away. Good, because I need more we're cards. We're keeping score here. We are keeping and it's score. pretty tight. It's pretty tight. It is very tight. the overall close. rankings right now. It is. So, uh, all right, let's take a break. We come back. RV City is rocking and rolling. Get everybody. You know my favorite thing? I get so many people that will drive by, right, as we're talking. They'll be like, do you need an interview? Do you need an interview? Like, huh? why is that a number one question from a grown man? <laughs> I, I don't I get know. that question at least 12 times already this week. Yeah. And I've only been here for a couple of days. Yeah. No. So that's what I do. I say no. There you go. That's it. So I don't even say. elaborate. I just say no. So you got to say. That's it. I, ran I will say yes. We will come back uh, on a Friday presented by Nimbic View at GMC. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, Brent and Friends, live from RV City when we return. 
welcome back here, RB City. Brett Martin along with Casey Kurtz, Brett and Friends on ESPN 690 on a Friday. Usually out at the tailgate on a uh, Friday afternoon at a high school game. We were going to be at Bishop Kenny Bowles. It's actually at Bishop Kenny right across the river. We will be there for our game of the week. Coming up tonight in the Blitz scoreboard show and on the Friday night Blitz, Marcel Robinson will be there. But there's a little bit of threat of rain I was a little concerned about, so we stayed here in RV City. Not a bad place to be, hanging out on the tailgate of the GMC Sierra. Friday's presented by Nimnick Buick GMC. Check them out at NimnickBuickGMC.com. Trucktober about to end now on Monday. And first responders, $1,000 off for those that are eligible. So check that out at NimnickBuickGMC.com for eligibility. And you have a few more days left in the calendar to get take advantage of that here in the month of October. GMC, we are professional grade. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, and we caught up with oh, a couple of Hall of Famers. And uh, Champ Bailey is a guy that's a Hall of Famer in a lot of different ways, Casey. You know, I introduced him today at the uh, luncheon as I was hosting that over there at the bank, and it said on my, like, the script, it said uh, one of the best defensive players in Georgia history. And I said... That's what it says on the script. Quite frankly, Champ Bailey will go down as one of the best defensive players in the history of football. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, at any level. Yeah, yeah, he will. Me and Brian talked about it yesterday. I don't know how this is the last Hall of Fame you get in, right? I mean, you would think Pro Football Hall of Fame, that's, you know, the spot. But Champ's like, ah, I've been there, done that, and now he's getting in the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame. So, obviously, well-deserved. But, yeah, his stats and, obviously, the, the Hall of Fame – from the NFL speak for itself that, yeah, he's not only one of the best in Georgia history, but one of the best in football history. Well, here's the deal. So we were wondering that, too, and we had some conversations as we were leaving. Like, how did it take this long? Well, here's part of the reason it takes that long. They've only done 26 of these, first of all. They only induct two players from each team every year. But that's not the reason. It's because he was played. And so you, hmm. you want the guy to be here. Oh, I get that. So, so the committee wants to kind of wait until they can get the guy here. Like, Champ Bailey was eligible to be here. I'm sure they probably wanted to put Champ Bailey in, like, in 2003. But he was playing. Yeah. <laughs> and playing very well. And so, to that point, yeah. He, and he told me another one, Casey. He just went into the Georgia Georgia High School Hall of Fame last week. <laughs> so Is he weak for this guy? Yeah, I, I joke with him. This guy really knows how to deliver a Hall of Fame speech by now, you know? He's, he's uh, had plenty of practice. No doubt about it. The pride of folks in Georgia, we had a chance to catch up with them just a few short hours ago. What does this one mean to you? So many different uh, recognitions for your career, but what's it like to be back here? You know, I'm honored. You know, you, when you think about, you know, the time growing up, I grew up right across the border, so this atmosphere was always in my backyard. I always got to feel it growing up. So I was always inspired by what I saw going on here in Jacksonville. But now to be reflecting on my play in this game and my time here at Georgia, I mean, it, it's everything. We had so many unbelievable moments. Uh, is it hard to remember these games uh, back in those late 90s and, and what it all meant uh, for both programs? I mean, to be honest, I remember one in 97 when we beat them. <laughs> the other two I don't remember very well. But, yeah, we... We took care of business one year after they beat us for a few years in a row. And, you know, it was a great feeling. Just there was no better win in my career than that at that moment because of what it meant to everybody I grew up with, everybody I suited up with, and, and the fans of, of, of the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, it, we knew at that moment it was a huge time. 
do you watch this game on TV over the years, and do you still feel those vibes that you felt as a player? Yeah, I do. You know, now being a fan and, and you know, having some, some, some friends on the staff and some guys I play with, it, it means a lot because I'm always tied to it. I'll be a dog for life, right? But, you know, these are really about my family and, and my community and the dog base, dog nation. I mean, it just... There's, there's a, a synergy there that all of us just loves the dogs, and, you know, we can always rally behind that. So to be able to get that and, and to reflect and now look at my Bulldogs now, it, it means everything. You know what that national championship means? Absolutely. We're defending champs, so we know we got an X on our chest, but these boys are showing up every week. Let's just continue to take care of business. As you've done this, some of these uh, speeches and looking back on your career, how reflective do you get? I mean, how proud of you coming from Folkestone, Georgia, for what you represent for the folks in Folkestone, Georgia, and, and obviously just an outstanding career well to be honest it was not just about me you know i think about all the people that helped me get to where i was there was many uh traps along the way to steer me off my path but one thing i kept constant was the work i put into the game and i leaned on the people that cared about me and took care of me i listened learned listened worked i mean you, you live by those terms and good things happen in the end. Lastly, uh, Tony Baselli just went in the Hall of Fame. Yes, What's sir. that gold jacket mean now that that's set in? He, he hasn't had that yet. It just happened. So what, yeah. what, what does it mean even years later? It means a lot. You know, it's you know, it's just it's just a good symbol of the accomplishments I made, the work I put in. And I, and I think that that's what I always want to tell young people. You know, this is just an, a representation of the work I put in. And, you know, when you put the work in, the results come. And that's as plain as you can put it. Champ told some great stories during his speech. It was a really cool angle what he took uh, and how associated with the Florida Gators he's been in his life, including in folks in Georgia, because they're close to it. So he said a lot of Gator fans, which I wasn't as aware of, Gator fans being in Folkestone, it's kind of split down the middle. And then there's big dog fans. Well, he, he would go on to say how he was recruited and Steve Spurrier was in his living room. And, and that didn't manifests itself but Apparently obviously not. they were in the middle in the 90s and so Spurrier was killing it and uh, still didn't matter champ ends up going to Georgia but then he says well I get to the league and I'm playing for Washington and guess who's my coach Steve Spurrier <laughs> <laughs> and then he talked about Danny Warfel joined the team and Shane Matthews joined the team it's almost like Denver. he was a gator <laughs> in Denver Bubba Caldwell who was up on the uh, you know on the podium with him there as, as an inductee this year he was with him out in Denver and so then he, he actually put an exclamation point on it by saying, is there anybody else living or dead that has been on the same teams that's not a Gator as the three guys they have statues of? Danny Warfel, Steve Spurrier, and Tim Tebow. That's true. How wild is that? That is so weird. That's crazy. And, and then, of course, he, he punched it home in brilliant fashion with, but even with all that, I'm still a Gator hater. There you go. <laughs> so it was good stuff from Champ Bailey today at the uh, Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame luncheon. Champ Bailey goes in and, uh, well, er, of course, is one of the great players ever at the University of Georgia. Football at 5 coming up. We have more of those interviews. We also have Stuart Weber's interview with Tyson Campbell, Marcel with Andre Caldwell. Uh, I will also catch up with Trey Burton, maybe ask him about Doug Peterson a little bit. Football at 5 on the way on ESPN 690. Brenton Friends live from RV City on a Friday presented by Dimnick Buick GMC.